0: And we are so excited to have you on the Protected Space Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: We're really excited to dive deep into um, all things being a sperm donor and yeah. what that means. It's a really interesting topic.
2: Because in the Protected Space Podcast, we're going to infertility and
0: beyond. Oh, boy.
2: <laughs> oh, she came it. up with yeah. that recently. Isn't that great?
1: That's fantastic. Uh-huh.
2: and <laughs> beyond. Is being... that uh,
1: the kind of thing where you uh, pop up in the middle of the night, like out of a sleep and <laughs> s- scribble something down? That's actually minute. legitimately
0: what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's like what happens I when you're it. that's what happens to your brain when you like are in marketing. I think that's just that's how it always works as you dream about it. Exactly. Or you're doing something completely mundane, and you're like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, Got
2: for to text me, Aaron. it's the
0: shower. It's the shower. I'm in the
2: shower, and then it's like, oh god, I can't forget this. I have to like say it over and over until I get out of the shower, so I can get to the place to like put it somewhere to text or to write it down or whatever. It's always in the shower. That's hilarious for gonna,
1: sure. I was going to mention the shower. I think that's uh, when such uh, good thinking time of, in the shower. Yeah. One of two things happen for me where it's either. I'll get a good idea about something I'm working on, or um, some buried childhood trauma will come up. 100%.
0: Um,
1: and I'll make, like, in one of those audible, like, groan, Like, I'll be in the shower. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cry during that book report. <laughs> <a third laughs> <later. laughs> no why It comes out of the shower. It just <laughs> really does.
0: That's. Really sad and also funny. <laughs>
1: but yeah, if you're my roommate passing by the bathroom, you might hear me sometimes. So. <laughs> you okay, in there. <laughs> boy. Just digging deep. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, boy. Speaking of digging deep, we're about to do that. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: Um, yeah um, so, set this up for us. Set it okay. up this up. So, why are we talking? To
0: Sean today. Well, Sean and I have known each other for a really, really long time. We have been friends since 2012. Um, Mm -hmm. Very good friends. And then we dated in there, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have been, like, I don't know, just very dear to each other, I feel like, for a really long time. I don't know. So, yeah. That's super sweet. It is. And also, (laughs) and I don't know, the more, like, I thought about people that I would love to, like, hear more about the more I knew that Sean would be, like, a perfect person to just have an open, candid conversation about fertility. And, uh, you know, he know he is pretty familiar with my story and my journey and, you know, yeah. So, I don't know. Here we are. I,
1: uh, <clears throat> I have a, a, a wildly different opinion <laughs> than you were... <laughs> they're like yeah I'd, I'd like to uh bring you on to uh, talk about this and I'm just like I have no idea what I could contribute to that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think you could contribute a lot. I have do. you thought well,
1: about
2: it since she asked you? I mean, did it did it stir the pot and make you go hmm?
1: Absolutely. And so that's actually one of the things um and we'll probably talk more about it um later on, but it was a great impetus to actually think about some things, um, that were kind of latent and, um, you know, a lot of things will in your life will kind of bang around the back of your head, but Mm -hmm. you don't really have the parameters to like approach it correctly or, um, put it even into
0: context probably. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep, exactly. So, uh, uh, until you actually sit down and like, think about it so it has been a good opportunity to, like really parcel out my thoughts and uh have like a good reason to do that too um you're welcome you- <laughs> do you think i was gonna say
0: do you think that's been a healthy exploration or
1: oh, no, absolutely and so as a moment ago and i don't know if you're recording at the time but um we were talking about you know your concept behind the podcast and mm-hmm. kind of what is going to differentiate it from just you know a, a broad you know like uh, topical uh, podcast about the the world of fertilization and everything like that and it really is I think uh, a really good idea to to you know like dig deeper and uh, you know open up that conversation in a way that um, I'm seeing people need to be in a, a more comfortable space to be able to like talk about that kind of thing yeah. Um, endlessly complicated complex topic right very
2: one thing that we really wanted to emphasize in the podcast is like the concept of history where we've come from like our ancestry meets like the future science what we're able to do and how do we reconcile those two things like science has to be bound by wisdom Otherwise, science can really go totally sideways. So, in this, <laughs> with this um, other interview that we did, we somehow stumbled into Womb Farm, right? Where, and it's like, that's way too science fiction to even think about because it can go so badly, so quickly. Mm-hmm. But somebody out there is actively pursuing that. And that's something that we really like are deeply fascinated with is like these things that we talk about 50 years ago nobody was talking about them because they could not foresee that this would ever be possible so to take these little topics and really like unveil them and force people to think about it I think will help us set some standards for science because if people just have their head buried and they don't know about it then there's no way to 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 say, "Mm, okay, you're skirting the periphery there, like, that's enough. But I think if we're a, um, if we are a civilization of people that are somewhat informed, it's easier to go, okay, this is where we're going to draw the line. But then again, the political climate that we live in today is kind of slicing people in half because of this, like, what is your you know, your personal philosophy of what's okay and what's not okay. And now we're going to translate that into legal dynamics. So again, it's just like endlessly, there's layers and layers and layers, but putting the human experience behind it, I think really helps people just start to care, start to even be interested in it.
1: Yep. Um, yeah. Regardless of which direction it goes, like just opening up that, uh, dialogue and dialogue um is the first step to anything you know and then pff, i can't even weigh in on the politics of it and all that. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> but i imagine like that's sort of the process like the circular thing and then you uh incrementally make pro progress along the way once you you know come back from 360 make a make another little step forward loop around the whole thing again and uh and uh i guess that's how any progress is made in general but yeah no it's a really that's a that's a great um notion that sort of uh wisdom uh set setting parameters on the you know endless possibilities of science and this and that and if anything humankind does seem to be um denominated by like these periods of scientific uh, like excess where Mm -hmm. you just had this unlimited power and you know like one of the things we're going to talk about today I think are you know like when there's a new element in play and like a new thing and then you just do it right because there aren't any regulations in place yet you know Mm -hmm. and obviously uh the the Uh, Bottom line is the first thing you're looking at. And, you know, capitalism and commercialism, you know, take uh, priority over everything.
2: Yeah, most uh, definitely. For sure. As long as someone's willing to purchase the service, people are willing to provide the service, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So, Sean, okay, we're talking about sperm donation. You are somebody Mm -hmm. that we would qualify as a serial sperm donor yeah
1: okay
2: right sure. if there was a more time, than once more than once
1: more than once okay <laughs> i was gonna ask the definition, like, yeah. <laughs>
0: so
2: um tell us like tell us about that what like
0: the time in your life that you, they were going through this like set the scene for us yeah what made yeah. you make that decision how did you get there it's probably a lot
1: i mean it's it's uh egregiously not a lot it's terrible <laughs> <laughs>
3: how
1: simplistic and awful this happened but so um <clears throat> i am in college my first year um raised in a small town in tennessee i'm in boston um so first time as a i guess semi-adult um <laughs> live, like an urban environment and uh you know that first semester just sensory overload taking it all in and at that point i'm also cognitively very conscientiously being like okay i'm an open vessel right now like i'm a country boy in the city <laughs> and i'm going to you know pursue the arts i was a, a little art college and this and that so um i feel like <clears throat> i've been behind culturally in like a lot of ways. What- so I was on the way to class one day, and uh, this lady, I'm in the Boston Common, um, and this lady walks up to me, and she's like, hi, I'm like, hello, I'm 18, and uh, she's like, I, I like your, uh, I like your look, and uh, now, when I think back on this, I was just like, what an odd way to approach this business, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, so in my in my head I was just like oh ah, shucks this whole thing you know just pulled out of the closet <laughs> today It's <you
3: know."
1: laughs> like well yeah yeah I think you got a really good look and energy going on I'm gonna give you my card you know this and that so um and the card itself is like pretty big so I go to class come back um call cause this you're thinking dumb. she's a
2: model scout right like obviously back. she wants me to wear Calvin Klein pants on a billboard <laughs> That's what, that what we're doing here.
1: here. And, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And so I'm all already like thinking about gym memberships and stuff. Like, <laughs> Just <laughs> quit school right now. This will be my life. Scouted. <laughs> and so I, uh, yeah, yeah. I got back to the uh, the dorm and told my roommate. I was like, oh man, I was walking through the common. And this this girl liked my look, and uh, I'm gonna give this number a call and uh, figure out this whole like modeling thing. I guess. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. And then in that conversation, like, <clears throat> it took me a second to, <laughs> like to really figure out what was going on until uh, they weren't outright. Like, like, hello, this is a sperm bank, you know? <laughs> right. Just like, uh, yeah. Um, so I guess there was a whole strategy behind it where, you know, like, even the, from step one, the scouting process, you know, it's like. Um, so
2: there is like a solicitous sperm recruiter. Walking around Boston, handing out cards so that they would get people to call so that they could say, like, will you donate sperm? Is that what you're telling me?
1: Mind-blowing, right? (laughs)
2: That's mind-blowing. Like, of all the things that you could have said is how this happened, I never would have come up with that. Like, seeing it on the back page of one of those rag mags, cool. (laughs) But somebody walking up to you, like, intentionally, like, I just left a staff meeting, and this is what we're doing today. (laughs) We're going to go out and find a dozen good-looking dudes and be like, call us. We're going to get your sperm. I just never would have gone there. So, I'm okay, keep going. I got to know the rest.
1: uh, In a million years, I wouldn't have ever thought that would be, like, part of the methodology. And... Um, just that sort of like insidious thing where it, it, you know, like you, you work in that vagary, um, right off the bat. So I was going around all day, not knowing exactly what number I was about to call, you know? Yeah. Very much the intent. Mm. Um, so, you know, you're, I don't know if that weird little natural ego boost is part of it, you know? And then by the time you're talking to this person on the other end. Already, like, sort of in that headspace, and it's just like, well, we're not going to take pictures of you, but there's another reason that we that you were, you know, like uh, selected
0: scouting. out of a crowd,
1: yeah, yeah, selected out of a crowd, basically. And so it's you know, very flattering, and so you're in that, um uh, you're in that mode already, and you have like momentum, and it's exactly it. So, uh, <clears throat> they're like, yeah, yeah, it's a it's it's really not a big deal if you just want to come in like we'll we'll give you the whole rundown you'll draw some paperwork um you don't have to commit to anything but um there is money to be made and um it's not very hard so (laughs) it's very kind of is but yeah yeah i was like oh you don't have to tell me (laughs) (laughs) i'm a pro at this point (laughs) 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 I'm good at anything. <laughs> and so uh, so I make the trip out there and, uh, you know, have the, the entire time I'm still cynical. I'm like, oh, you know, somebody's going <laughs> to come up behind me in this alleyway and just like bop me on the head and take all my money or something. <laughs> like, no way <laughs> Definitely is, like, losing
2: my kidneys thing. today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was
2: like, there's no way
1: this is like a real thing. And, you know, on the phone, she gave me a little passcode for the door and this and that. So. Oh yeah put in the passcode go in
0: was it in boston
1: yeah yeah okay um, so okay moment, well,
0: what year is this 2001
2: 2001 okay all right
1: great semester this is like a month after 9-11 basically.
0: oh yeah you're right
1: uh yeah so it's already been a time for me you know and we're already like walking around in this dream like ether state and this and that and I was just like I don't know maybe I will be a model in this uh new America that we're living <laughs> <in right> <laughs> <now."> <laughs> and and then uh this is the dumbest thing I'll ever say in my life but it's also like you know, when I, I learned it was a sperm bank, I'm just like, is this 9-11 related somehow? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I do now for some reason. I was just like, I don't know. I like, What's happening right now? <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> so I go in and, you know, it's all starting to set in and I was like, my goodness, I think this is like a real thing. Like, I'm actually in this office. And there's these guys walking around and they're all taller than me, so I uh, in that <laughs> Obviously, like first thought, I'm just like, this is a mistake, like, this is not a good scout. (laughs) (laughs) Um, these tall, handsome dudes, like, walking around and this and that. So, uh, consultation did not take long. Um, I wish I could really tell you more about the uh, specifics behind like the sit down and what they you know posited to me um the lot of it is like sort of lost like the, the ether of memory and everything like that but i do remember it being like pretty casual so got my paperwork got my cup um started walking toward the hallway and see this guy leave his booth and go to the end of the hallway and grab, like, a Coca-Cola and a Little Debbie, and there's a big goofy smile on his face. He, like, walks back in oh I was my just God. like, oh, wow, i making a whole day of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so...
0: You got, like, so, a treat every time you finished. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, right? So... Uh, oh, my so, God. It, it, I here's can't. the part that I kind of fucked out too, where, um, so, up to this point, um, very kind of sheltered Southern Baptist upbringing. Um, and I feel like this podcast is far enough outside my mom's orbit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to uh, uh, live with disenfranchisement after this. But, uh, we yeah, can go I back and that.
2: edit your name and we'll call you Jimbo
1: there we go (laughs) always wanted to be a jimbo um so uh so yeah like i'm i'm not walking in you know guns blazing um because i still have this latent religious weird guilt kind of pressing down on me but like i said like i am trying to be you know this this open vessel at this point you know yeah Uh, so I like to see little Debbie guy. And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe, maybe I can just
3: okay.
1: eat off that energy. <laughs> and be like, oh, okay, it's not a big deal. I can just have a little Debbie. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, go into the room and uh, there's a, you know, pile of media and a TV. Um, so, you know, 2001, so DVDs. There might have even be VHS at the time or something. <laughs> so, um, I'm not using any of it. I'm like, yeah, do corner. you want to touch that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Right? The corner, like, shoulders slumped over, the, the weight of all my, you know, Christian years, like, bearing down on me. <laughs> and so <laughs> I um, finish up. With... <laughs> um, and I, you know, at this point, I'm just like this mishmash of emotions and this and that. And I, I remember handing it to the desk person and saying i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) he's like i'm sorry about what i was just like i don't know i've never (laughs) done this with another person before (laughs) i've never (laughs) i've never given something like this to another person before you know i'm just like i'm sorry so
3: um
1: you know uh they uh get the phone call later and they say hey you're good to go and uh that visit, you know, you're you already get you'll already be paid for it. That was fifty dollars. Um, you can do this up to three times a week. Um, oh my dollars time a week as a broke college child. One hundred and fifty dollars a week in two thousand
2: one, right? Two
1: thousand one, right? Yeah, it's a Pretty lot great.
0: of yeah. So was yeah. that first one like a semen analysis? Is that what they did?
1: I guess so, Yep.
0: Yeah. I'd like to think uh, of it more yeah. of an
2: audition. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> like, all right. Well, you passed
2: that. Yeah. I wonder though. we were talking about, like, did they test it for, do they, does it have to go through, like, I guess there wasn't really genetic testing back then, but did they test it for sexually transmitted disease and all Probably. that stuff? Right, they would
0: have to in 2001. Did you do blood work?
1: I feel like, Yes, they they had to have drawn blood. Okay. Sure. Yeah, cuz that okay. would have
0: been like the STD testing probably yeah. or yeah. infectious disease testing or whatever yeah. it was, yeah. Fascinating.
2: Okay. So, so you passed your audition. They say you can yeah, make
1: 150 bones audition. a week. Yep, yep. Um and they tell me so and it's, well, I guess it's a protective space. So yes. um <laughs> at the time I was a virgin, so they told me um the only thing that um a lot of guys have trouble with is you um have to be uh 48 hours prepared mm-hmm. before every uh time you do this mm-hmm. so if you do it say three times a week that gives you one day where you can be active um but outside of that like you have to you know keep it keep it in, keep it inside basically um and i was like well that won't be a problem <laughs> <laughs> know how to talk to women yet <laughs> so, <laughs> I, no, nobody except you guys wants this <laughs> so, <laughs> um i didn't end up doing it um three times a week it was it was a pretty sporadic thing where i think maybe i'd done it twice one week and then a couple weeks would go by i'd go in do it again you know do you
2: think little content. debbie guy was there three times a week
1: Absolutely, (laughs) right. Yeah, he he had that look of a um, of a part of the uh, committee, I guess. (laughs) Part of
2: the ecosystem,
1: the club. Yeah,
2: he was satisfied versus confused or (laughs) feeling guilty. He was like, "This is the jam. Uh
1: This is where it's at."
3: (laughs)
2: Snacks.
1: I was even a little bit hungry today. I was like, I'm just going (laughs) to go get some lunch from the... uh, Oh my God. (laughs) Can I
0: ask if you could guess, like, how many donations do you think you did? Do you have any clue?
1: um, It would have been, I think, about three months. um, And then I didn't go back after that first semester. Cause i had some i kind of had like a health scare uh that christmas and this and that so in my in my head like it was all pretty nebulous but i feel like um september october november just so so i guess uh mid-september through about mid-december and let's say one two three four i probably made about 15 trips altogether. together so okay. i guess That would fall into the definition of the serial donor. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I, now I know.
2: So I wonder too, because I don't really know anything about the procedural elements of this, but if you leave that one sample, is that one sample, um, one, one sale, or can that sample be subdivided amongst multiple... It's a really groups. good question. I
0: actually don't know. I
2: don't know either. And I I mean obviously it also maybe depends on the volume, but right. is a sample like okay, this is this collect but I, you know, I don't know. That's a very interesting thing to think about too. Like if they could split yeah. that into two potential
0: <laughs> or is it like they so like if you know our best friends, if we they went to go they wanted to have multiple children via the same sperm donor, could they buy one sample and then only thaw what they need mm-hmm. at any given point in time. Yeah. Right? I
2: don't know. I don't know either.
0: Fascinating.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I think I did uh, <clears throat> stumble on some, I could be wrong, but some article about a lawsuit in uh, in play where I think a guy did donate once and then ended up with a multitude. Of children? Of, of, mm-hmm. of, yeah. Uh, progeny
2: uh, because if you think okay if you did it 15 times and that's like one sample per per couple or per you know purchase history okay well then potentially 15 but if you can take one and multiply it somehow then that really uh, yeah that's a different number that we're talking about in potential families and offspring and
1: I could be wrong but, but the idea I got is it is a much much larger um possibility of uh, uh uh you know potential donor children you could have from any given amount even just like one or two times you go um and uh the the way they can utilize that um is more um more shocking than you would think i guess so was there incredible. any
2: Counseling or conversation with you about that. I mean, you're a young man. Were they just eager to receive your sample and kind of left you out of the details, or did you feel like it was more of an informed consent type of thing? Like,
1: absolutely not informed. Um, (laughs) That's that's, uh, when I when I've kind of reflected on the past too. Like, like I said, this whole methodical thing where i didn't even really know what i was signing up for and i'm 18 and, and I your not ego go-
0: is all boosted because they're like you're an attractive guy which you are a beautiful human like but your ego is you know i mean that's part of the whole thing it's like well they want my specimen right because i they think that there's something special about me right. i mean it's a whole narrative that they're selling you
1: yeah, there's almost like this insidious thing. I mean, <clears> this <throat> is this is a crass um, uh, comparison, but it's like recruitment, you know? Like,
2: yeah, um, no, I, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, it's a little, um, a little, groomy. Mm. Sure,
1: like you catch somebody at just the right age, just uh-huh. the right. Right. Age. Um, there weren't other. It didn't. Even, it didn't seem like there were other kids in there. they, they I will give them that. Like it, it wasn't like a. Uh, um, Everyone and, was 18 it, Yeah it wasn't like a, this weird Like frat house Of uh, <laughs> clientele But uh, yeah it seemed like a lot Of uh, late 20s Early 30s gentlemen walking around And this and that and so maybe they Were um, you know At that point in your life like you are more considerate about that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're just really broadening the range of uh, samples and specimens and uh, things, you know, that that you're you're needing, that you're trying to uh, get, um, yeah, that young, impressionable mind is, you know, like very fertile territory. (laughs) I'm sorry, pun intended. I
0: think you did a good job there.
2: So I can assume from... Your statements that you're, we never discussed this with family after the fact. Like you never went home and said, mom, you'll never guess what happened.
1: Exactly. Yeah, we uh, don't have that relationship.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the,
1: the parents and I get along and I uh, do not condone um, lying to your parents <laughs> in any way. Is, uh, <laughs> morally dubious choice i've made in my <laughs> life to <laughs> shield this from my poor mother
3: <laughs> <You>
1: never know <laughs> but uh but jimbo can do anything you want
2: that's right jimbo is uh he's out
1: he's
2: out of the gate Yep, yeah, yeah so having not reflected on it very much like you said mm-hmm.
0: and then to have somebody approach you and want you to talk about it an ex-girlfriend approach you and want you to talk about it on her podcast.
3: Yeah, uh, Sorry.
0: Yeah. Like, So what did
2: that, how, how did that go for you? What, what has transpired in your thoughts since kind of so, taking the um, lid off of that?
1: Yeah. That whole like cognitive process um, was, it, it was a, a, sort of a reckoning for me too, because um, you know, I've told the story in the past and then, you know, the, the, you get the same requisite like five questions it's like oh my goodness like what if uh, somebody shows up at your door and you know this and that and then that's the extent of uh, what you think about it and um I've been living in sort of that casual space that was locked in um as an 18 year old boy mm-hmm. um, not taking it seriously not really thinking through the repercussions um definitely not being uh you know like i said i I can't remember like many of the specifics of that initial consultation but it did not stretch into uh that territory at all right Uh, the uh the potential you know psychological emotional you know impact of this in your life you know that was a thing um so i think i was locked into that space just because it was easier Mm -hmm. and um i hadn't had um to uh, reckon with it in, in any particular way. So when you asked me to uh, come on and like, tell the story, um, it did give me time and a reason to actually do the responsible thing, sit down, really parcel out my thoughts on it, which is something I should have been doing. Because um, at this but, point,
2: know. someone could come knocking on your door, right? Yep. These Absolutely. These potential offspring or of an age that they Mm -hmm. they could have done the same thing they could have posted their genes and and figured this out Mm -hmm. and be aware enough to say like yeah I'm gonna go try to meet this guy or I'm gonna contact him through social media or whatever so it seems like now you're in a position of possibility whereas you know when you were 28 it was like yeah maybe one day that'll happen ha 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 but But now there's actually enough time has passed that there's real a retrospect of like hmm, this could really be a thing now
1: yeah i can't remember if um this was a thing um at the time but i feel like in america um there's an 18 year uh window that they tell you like i don't know if that's hmm. still a thing but i think it could have been a thing at the time or just like your anonymity is guaranteed for 18 years mm-hmm. which is Like, basically, like, you know, as soon as uh, this uh, prospective progeny is an adult, then they have the option to, you know, seek you out and this and that. Mm -hmm. I was actually
0: I was actually wondering about that. Like, if there was any kind of paperwork that you signed about that, like, could this person contact me after they turned 18 if they wanted to? Was that something that was.
1: At the time, um, just knowing that, that kind of tripped me up a little bit too. It was like, I feel like I should really know what choice I would have made back then mm. <laughs> because I, that threw me off too. I was like, my goodness, I actually, I don't know if I opted in for anonymity or not. Um, ah. knowing my personality, I feel like I would not have, um, Right. I really don't care. And I definitely didn't care at the time, you know, um, which I which would probably lead into a, uh, a further question that'll probably come up. But, you know, if somebody did seek me out, it would be a very uh, open um, experience. And of course. In sort of back of my head, I uh, kind of almost desire it. <laughs>
3: Interesting.
0: Yeah. I'm not surprised by that at all, actually. I mean, just knowing you, I'm not surprised by that at all.
1: It's just... Um, you know like you you get older you go through life um and it becomes like more of a thing where you 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 do not want to have questions unanswered of course. um you don't want like mysteries um to be or, or a sense of mystery to like denominate you and you know this was um now you know now that uh time has gone by and i've matured into knowing the weight of this decision um this is just one of those like kind of mysterious things like floating in my subconscious and um and people like you know some some people do like to seek an answer to those things and that's that's kind of how i approach it like if somebody were to show up at my door it would be this very um Uh, just kind of liberating feeling just like wow here's a mystery that is being lifted and uh, now answers are in place and I I think it would just be thrilling to fascinating to talk to that person who you know
0: has 50% of your DNA
1: yeah yeah or those twenty people, <laughs> hundred <laughs> people, <laughs> from right. So right. that's uh, I guess that's the whole other thing, and that's why it's becoming such a hot button uh, topic right now. Is mm-hmm. just how, uh, um, how exploitive and uh, wanton these clinics were back in the day mm-hmm. when they were completely deregulated. And the impression I get right now is it's kind of not much has changed.
2: Well, that's what I was thinking is like, I, I don't know that we really know that much about the present day approach, how different it is. We did a little research. We haven't done a lot. And I'm sure after this, we'll feel compelled to really try to find out we'll some fact more. We'll check. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. But I'm very curious to know what is the process and who regulates it and is it federal or is it state and is there a track, you know, we know that there are these lawsuits going on. So I would assume (laughs) that there's some level of policy change and traction. But again, if it's a state by state thing, you know, the great state of Mississippi might not be that compelled to worry about it right now considering the state of the other affairs. So I think you could really... See how it could get very left out and left behind in a lot of places just depending on where someone is
1: Yeah, I'm I'm extremely um, unknowledgeable about it, but I feel like it would have to be uh, a Federal conversation because um, I think this is an international market. So um, Especially out of the states like exporting is um, a huge part of their business um, I was
0: going to ask about that. if exporting they Exporting like, sperm? If they, like, if, you know, because obviously people travel from all over to different sperm banks mm-hmm. for different reasons. I think about that episode of The Office where Jan tells Michael, do you know what I'm talking about? Where Jan tells my you know, Jan's pregnant all of a sudden and Michael, like, assumes it's his. <laughs> and she's like, no, I went to one of the best sperm banks. It um, was by that restaurant you really like in the city where you can draw on the tables. And he goes, I IHOP. <laughs>
3: Anyway, sorry.
0: (laughs) Small segue, anyway.
1: Um But yeah, I could be I could be wrong, but I I think some of the controversy that's coming up is uh you know, one of the guarantees is like, hey, this is like a worldwide thing, the probability of you running into um a a step sibling or not step sibling, oh my goodness, half sibling. um, is very low because this is a mm-hmm. local experience, mm. you know. Um, so when it does happen, you know, and then people are finding out within, you know, like two miles, or you're growing up in the same neighborhood, or uh, your kids are, you know, the 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 uh, DCs Mangling are mingling socially together, and... you know, in the same community. Mm-hmm. Then um, it means somebody's been lied to or somebody's been deceived.
2: Right, right. And Well, one of the things that has come up for me that I think about is, okay, let's say that you're a traditional heterosexual couple and you're struggling with infertility. And the doctor <laughs> says, okay, you know, we've just not been able to use your sperm. I think we should consider donor sperm with the wife's eggs and then you'll have, a, you know, 50% biological. That's a really common presentation these Very. days. Very. But at no point in the conversation is there a, and by the way, if you do this, your child could potentially have numerous, like that's not really ever introduced in the conversation. So the couple leaves there, and like I said, they have such a myopic approach to this. They're just thinking about them. They're thinking about the family they're desperate to have. What steps are they willing to take? And I think a lot of people wouldn't really... No to extrapolate that out into like global biological half siblings. So to find out after the fact, all these years later, that, you know, your siblings are now a part of this thing. I know many couples and many fathers who would have opted not to do that. I think a lot of families, you could see them being like, yeah, we knew that was a thing. We knew that was a possibility. That's fine. The more the merrier. Whereas many people would say, absolutely not. If they had told me that that was something that we needed to consider, we would have chosen differently. Or they should have at least, you know, really made us aware of these possibilities. And I think that's a part of the conversation that I'm really interested in is where does that awareness come from? Because I don't think it's a disclosure element. don't think that anybody says okay this sperm donor has already fathered x amount of people like nobody's really tracking that so it's just kind of the great unknown
1: well that was a that was an illuminating thing for me too because you know going into it and you know just me standing there in the office it looks and feels very much part of the medical system and what we know of it is, you know, record keeping and everything is uh, very by the books. And uh, there's, you know, everything's being tracked, everything's being recorded. Um, <clears throat> and then you start to really uh, uh, learn about the isolated set of intent that these clinics actually have.
3: Mm-hmm. And it's
1: very, you know, very limited. It's just like we are here to receive and then sell and, right. Um, this is
2: a for-profit industry. Period. Exactly. Because <laughs> they're not facilitating research. The, no, and they're not facilita- They're not working in the clinic. They're just the salespeople. They don't. Sure. They don't. It's not an IVF clinic that collects the sperm right. and does mm-hmm. this processing. It's a third party that's outside. That's like we're here to find hot dudes, get their <laughs> sperm, and sell it around the globe so yeah i don't know i just feel like that's so interesting but depending on the persona of a couple for them to not have realized you know i don't know it's just i could see it being very troubling for a lot of people and that's what like where does that responsibility lie is there a responsibility is there private sperm can you say okay look we're really into jimbo we're gonna we want all of his like we just don't want anybody else to be able to to procreate from his samples we want to purchase all of them and then like what kind of a physical cost could they put on that
0: you know i doubt
2: if jimbo sperm is really popular they're gonna be like oh no you can't afford that
0: (laughs) but there's a price for everything But
2: there's a price for everything (laughs) but most people wouldn't be able to pay for it anyway
1: right sure have you have you talked to anybody or um do you know how that conversation goes if a a prospective parent asks like hey um what are the
0: what is his op- live birth rate statistic
1: op- yeah yeah um like how many uh, uh step siblings or what's the probability uh statistically um of this many project, can you give me like a rough estimate or this and that? Do you know how they respond to that or what answer they give? Or? I
2: really don't know because I know people can go to the clinic and essentially have secured their sample themselves. Mm-hmm. Like the fertility clinic that's doing the insemination or the IVF they're again, they're not really, they don't have their hands on that exchange very much. People can right. come in and say, Oh, we have a private donor or we bought this. And they just receive that sample frozen, Mm -hmm. So I don't know that the IVF clinic has any role in knowing what that sample is. I would assume that that actually comes from the purchasing process and that the clinic The the sperm bank would have to disclose that information if asked. But I really don't know. But how does the sperm bank
0: get that information? Right. Because they're not, it's not
2: a backtrack system. The the fertility clinic doesn't necessarily then have to report, Mm -hmm. oh, this sperm sample has generated, like, so nobody's tracking it, is what I'm saying. Like, we don't know unless there's a group of people that essentially go find that out for themselves. For sure. So it's definitely like a a great unveiling.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think, uh, what they've, what the banks have relied on is, um, basically saying like, no, there's no way for us to know because we don't require that people report, um, a successful birth to us. Um, so we actually don't know once it leaves the office, um, only, I think something like 30 to 40% of parents ever do kind of re- like report back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an option. Um, but, but that's
0: on the parent.
1: Exactly. So they're not calling you and they're like, how to go. Um, right. Parent. <clears throat> and I think, um, yeah, more often than not, if it is a successful birth, um, then they don't have that impetus to like call the bank back and be like, hey, just so you know the uh sample uh um was successful and right.
0: Um, it's almost like they would have more of an impetus to call back if it failed. Right. Right. Like right. hey like the sperm was shit. Right. Like what? I did X and X and X <laughs> cycles and I never had a You sold me bogus sperm. Right. <laughs> But isn't sale. like
2: if you're studying horses, that is part of the sales. You generate more income when a, uh, a stallion has had lots of successful births because huh. of that, because it's a successful horse. Like he's able to produce offspring in numerous well, ways, so people pay more money for that because they feel like it's more of a guarantee. Well, I was gonna say, and when you are donating eggs. I don't stud horses, so I don't know. That could be totally fictional, (laughs) but
0: I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Well, Uh. but in the donating eggs portion of it, they do say whether or not they've had a live birth. Mm -hmm. Oh. I don't know if it tells you how many, but that's part of the selection process. I have a friend, um, she's part of the fertility resort, and she did donor eggs, a donor egg cycle, and one of their requirements was they wanted to make sure that she'd had a live birth before because they that helped them identify whether or not her eggs were working like for them it was important that, that she had a baby make it earthside. side
2: that's so interesting because I feel like if a 24 year old that fits all the parameters walked in that they wouldn't say well since you've not given birth we're just not gonna take your eggs
3: mm.
2: I just really wonder is that a mm. is that a bonus fact or is that a deal
0: breaker? I don't... For them, it was a deal breaker and That's in this. really interesting. And I kind of agree with that. <laughs> Especially <laughs> since the investment for eggs is so much more than for sperm. Well, right. I mean, sperm it's...
2: oozes out physically. Like, it's a pretty easy deposit. Right. Eggs, you're essentially yeah. going through an IVF cycle to get them. So right. it's and radically.
0: It's, what, 40 times more expensive than a sperm? Right. I mean, way more expensive. What is it an egg cost? like between like 1800 and 2200 an egg, right? I I, I don't know the answer. I'm pretty, pretty sure it's roughly mine. about close to $2000 an egg. And mm-hmm. you need 8 to 10 to try and make that work. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean that's a huge financial investment, so I completely understand wanting to have proof in the pudding. I don't know.
2: I understand yeah. that too, but I can also understand them saying, well, that's neither here nor there. And I was in college in South Florida, and I remember seeing the advertisement on the back of the weekly paper, you know, the kind of semi-independent paper where you looked for concert venues. And on mm-hmm. the back was the advertisement about egg donation, because I would look at it and be like, now, how difficult is that? Again, the, like, that financial temptation mm-hmm. is so high at that age, like, I bet my eggs are great. So how much would they pay me and how difficult would this process be? Would I consider doing this? Like my girlfriends and I always chat about it and we would joke and be like, I mean, if I really get desperate, I'll just donate my eggs. So I just don't know that if we went to a clinic that they would say, yeah, no way, Jose, you haven't had a live birth. Seems like you're the ideal candidate that we're talking about.
0: And you don't have to have a live birth to do that at all. I'm just saying that that's interesting that with eggs, you at least know if they've had success or not yet, or if it's a first-time donor.
3: Because
0: mm-hmm. so I definitely know
2: people who have purchased donor eggs and had no... No luck. No luck. No embryos come of it. So, there's certainly yeah. no guarantee. But yeah, we, I could see somebody calling the clinic and being like, okay, this is dud sperm. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, um, I want a replacement.
1: <coughs> I, I read... Uh something along the lines of uh uh like there's more regulation and information behind buying a used car than <gasps> you know wow. sperm you know like you know wild a car like, yeah yeah before you I it you know the car's history you know you know any problems that's had right. you have a detailed tracking report this and that um and then you're hearing stories all the time where there are you know genetic disorders or um you know, like, uh, um, illness, uh, uh,
0: like a mental ap- health issues
1: you know, or like a kind of thing or like physical, um, uh, proclivities toward like, uh, ailing health and this and that, that, um, aren't researched. because um, how much information are you really getting from that little blood sample? You mm-hmm. know, this and that? Right. Not,
0: right. Like, right. And like it's... how truthful do you, I mean, do you, do we think all mm-hmm. the sperm donors are about their mm-hmm. medical history? I mean, like, right. how easy is Eight. that to lie?
1: Exactly. Um, and, you know, at 18, how aware are you of what might be going on? None. Your
0: right.
2: You're just excited about the 50 bucks.
1: <laughs> exactly. You know? like, I'm so, a
2: professional yeah. masturbator. <laughs> 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 yeah, hear me roar.
1: <laughs> That's, uh... I need to find those old business cards.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see it. I really do. Like, what do you put on this card? Is it just someone's name and a phone number? So fascinating.
1: Um,
0: This might be, sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, sorry. But, uh, but then, yeah, that, that reminds me of other like stories I've been hearing about where people kind of are professional sperm donors ish, Mm -hmm. like multiple clinics. Like we're talking about one bank. Um, abusing the system and, you know, like lying to their, uh, so they're saying, I think they're required to tell you, hey, or or the common knowledge is like, hey, you're not going to um, be presented to more than 10 families, you know, this mm. and that. Um, and then they're like, okay, well, because we don't know, the reporting and the successful births or this and that. And, uh, if nothing's reported, then we'll keep, um, putting your samples out there. So now we're talking about potentially 15 to 20 families, um, that might be, uh, uh, sold to, and then you find out up the road, like that's an egregious lie, you know, <laughs> it's right. like, oh, we were not counting. Um, we were just selling right. like, um,
2: and so ultimately, both parties, you know, it's a challenge for both parties. If you're the mm-hmm. donor, it's a challenge. If you're the purchaser, it's a challenge. And the sperm bank in the middle is simply just duplicitous and no one's paying any attention.
1: Pretty much. Definitely. That's really gross. So when you're talking about like government regulation, um, I know that is a uh, sort of a, it, it triggers like a lot of hot um, emotions in people and this and that but this is one thing where the the numbers are there mm-hmm. um the uh the abuse is there mm-hmm. like like you said duplicity um uh, there has been an obvious um exploitation of that completely unregulated system people have made money and now you know like we we can objectively take a step back and you know like say yeah that's fucked up but they need to be talking to the donor children, you know? It's like, right. you have this many people um, experiencing something very singular, like a very, uh, uh, a very different emotional and psychological paradigm than any of us will ever have to um, experience. Like, you can't imagine that headspace mm-hmm. if you're not, a donor child. You know. One of the things
2: that was really interesting that we discovered in speaking to the other person uh, who was a sibling of this large pack is mm. because she was part of a same-sex couple, it was obvious that she had a sperm donor. So she grew up that way and, you know, had like a real wonder about it. But she said most of the other siblings were actually children of traditional heterosexual couples who had mm. never been told that their that their father that they grew up with was not their biological father. And so that was like a deep shock to them that.
1: That's what blew re- my mind.
2: Right. It blew their mind and they felt betrayed and lied to. Mm-hmm. So what, how receptive they were to participating in the group had a lot to do with that. Like some mm-hmm. of them were really receptive to it and eager, but they were more likely to be so if they kind of knew if there was an expectation like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if one day I found out? But for the people who like it kind of blew their world up, some of them had a harder time relating. They didn't want any part of it. And or, you know, it just was a very different, like traumatizing event versus something that was, um, you know, a conclusion, like you were saying, like
0: mm-hmm.
2: it kind of unveiled the mystery. There was no mystery for them. And then it just felt like a bomb went off. And it's so fascinating to think about, though. It is. If you're in that heterosexual couple, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could easily just sort of never own up to it and move right through it.
1: I would be interested to talk to a couple who made that choice.
0: Same, because that choice really blows my mind, honestly. Right.
1: Uh, Just to see what their rationale, what their thinking was, you know, just kind of like a objectively, like, judgment-free way. Yeah. This, I mean, I'm, this is not an easy decision, I'm sure. Right. Well,
2: she way. also commented that part of that was they did the insemination method, and mm-hmm. they had sex around the same time as the insemination, so they could kind of leave it gray. Well, we don't know if the fertilization was from the donor sperm or was from, you know, the partner sperm. We don't really know.
3: Interesting. And they,
2: right? They just, like, we'll just leave it vague and just never really say much about it so i think there's that's a clever way to skirt it but if you're doing ivf it definitely becomes much more difficult (laughs) to do that almost impossible right yeah right
1: (laughs) you can't uh but again that was more
2: in the in the 80s you know Mm -hmm. so it's it's definitely different if you were talking to a couple doing that today just the way Mm -hmm. the world is as well It's not necessarily frowned upon because now it's a commonplace thing. I think 20 years ago, people were probably still, there was more shame attached to it. So they didn't want anyone to know that they had, you know, had to go outside their marriage to produce their children. I could see that being a little more Mm -hmm. uh, taboo, but I think today it's just less so, and it's a little easier for couples to say like, oh, well, yeah, we have a special family dynamic and, you know, we just, that's a new normal.
1: Exactly. Which is a, obviously a much much healthier place for us to be but you're right 80s and 90s um that's what i remember from it um was a very uh culturally ingrained religious sentiment um and that's like the golden age of televangelism and everything like that oh, like it was totally very, totally you know like and it's still in its own way like obviously a multi-billion dollar industry and this and that but it it, in um this globalized like um social media realm it does seem like a little more of like a niche thing Mm -hmm. like a community but at the at that time it really did feel like this all-encompassing entity it's like the religious um uh groups are literally controlling every aspect of our lives and this and that so I can see that being uh, a factor in, uh, you know, anybody um, making that choice in the 80s and 90s. And it's just like, well, what would the community think? And mm-hmm. Right. Like, uh, that we we don't want uh, this weight to be on this child. Um, right. Because God forbid it comes up in a conversation at school. Right. Um, so, you know, I'm just kind of blindly shooting maybe, you know,
2: um, and nowadays, yeah. it's like, okay, the Children of Donor Sperm Support Group is at four. <laughs>
1: <Like, Yeah. laughs> if you will always want to get
2: together and mix and mingle, mm-hmm. it's such a different world. Yeah. Well, in that vein, if you... I don't know what your um, relationship status is, but if you're, if you're partnered and you're in a long-term relationship, is this something mm-hmm. that you feel like you have to talk about? Like, the potential for these seekers to come and, and want to know you and what that would mean for any future family for you
1: yeah that's interesting um i think i've only thought about it in terms of like how i would um how open i would be to it and so i've always had that answer in my head and uh, been pretty secure in it um i've never really thought to extend that to uh, a partner and how they would feel about it because i'm sure that would be well depending on uh, your personality and this and that, like that could potentially be a pretty complicated um, mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and people do perceive like the whole legacy thing in much different ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, when they make <clears throat> uh, uh, the decision to reproduce, um, it is that very singular, like, this is the bloodline, and, you know, we're we're keeping it this and this, this and, and
0: We were literally just talking about that in the last and our the girl we interviewed right before you about how Mm -hmm. some people we feel like I wonder if there's a type of serial sperm donor who has that exact intent in mind, like just reproduction in a large scale Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: for ego, for Mm -hmm. whatever reason. I don't know. Eric that
3: can
2: touch movie? on
1: this. The doctor, the documentary. Yes, uh,
0: yes,
2: like insane. that. It's and, insane. You know, yeah. Yeah,
1: and yeah. then he just basically got away with it and like died a happy man, like you know, with his ego fulfilled and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, he, his mission was done. Um, but since nobody sat down and talked to him and just like really cracked that nut open, it's just like, what the fuck were you thinking? You know, it's right? like, why'd you but- do? Can't you
2: see that also being somebody that works at the sperm bank, like somebody that works there being like, I leave my own sample and I just don't, you know, like I'm sure there's a way to game the system where somebody with a little psychological shift could be like, yeah, I'm depositing my own stuff and I put Jimbo's label on it, but it's all me. I mean, we see Mm -hmm. these stories that I just don't think that's far fetched.
0: That yeah. somebody well, wants to leave a huge legacy, and that's what it is. I mm-hmm.
1: mean, what we've learned is these banks are not uh, moral pillars of civilization. Certainly. Like,
2: and what are, level of security are they operating under? Uh, if there's nobody there to look, then there's nobody there to say, okay, don't do that. You know, well, I'm going to go. You go ahead and do your thing. You know, Who knows what might be going on in those places but you might be thinking you're buying Jimbo sperm you might not even be getting that we I just don't think that we really know I think yeah. that it is very much anyone's game when it really comes down to it
1: exactly Um. Uh, so yeah that's uh, that, that's basically what it comes down to is uh, the whole thing is such a nebulous realm um, and I think that's what's being exploited and it's like well you know if uh if there's no governmental infrastructure in place there's no uh, parameters to follow then we can just keep doing what we're doing you know right. basically and uh the price that's paid is this life of Confusion, um, some people don't handle it nearly as well as others, you know? Right. Um, Agreed. Some people meet their 19 siblings and all 19 of them are, you know, like I'm sure it's a mishmash of like confusion and excitement and this and that, but some people um, might be completely traumatized by that, you know? For sure.
0: <laughs> or have expectations for what they think their half siblings or their father might be. And, when they actually do meet them are crushed yeah. by it you know like because mm-hmm. they do think that that mystery leaves an openness to interpret oh my I'm a good painter my dad must be a really good painter too right. because nobody yeah. else in my family is but then if he's yeah. not you have all these built-up expectations like I mean I just think that there's so it's much so to fun it. to
2: romanticize someone you that's don't what I'm trying know. to say yeah
0: like romanticize right. the situation or the person or You know, I don't know. It's fascinating. And then, like, what if you meet him and he's an absolute douchebag?
2: You're like, okay, the 19 of us are going to get together, and then you meet the guy, and you're like, oh, my God, I would rather not have known.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That guy's a wretch.
1: Right, right. He's a good painter.
3: Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I, well, you know, and uh, you know this, but Sam and I are, like, active, open families we're hoping to adopt, but we're also going down the path of embryo adoption, which is, you know, for people that have done IVF and then completed their family, um, and then they have remaining embryos, they can donate back to the clinic anonymously. And then I would receive or somebody – I'm on the embryo donation list. We would receive an embryo, but it's an anonymous donation. We don't know. And so – but – But there's also open embryo adoption where you There is, where you do know. I mean, there's all these different options, but in this particular case, the way our our clinic works is that it would be, like, all I know was that I was told that they've had two live births from these embryos, so there's a potential for two, and that's full siblings, um, somewhere in the southeast area, Mm -hmm. and I just don't know, like... i I mean it's Mm. really interesting and you know we had to go through like a full psych evaluation to even see if we would qualify and like part of that psych evaluation was to ask us like how do you intend to tell your child like that was part of our psych evaluation and Mm. you know obviously we would be very open with the child early 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 on by reading books about donation and all that so that they would just grow up knowing and it wouldn't be just Mm. some big sit down shocker conversation at some point in time it would just be as it would just be normal for them, right? Like that's how we think it should be. But I don't know. The whole thing is so fascinating. I just, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Sure. Um, and, I, and I think that, you know, that's key. And like we were talking about, um, we're living in a world that is uh, more open to that uh, dynamic from like a young age. But I think, I think that's extremely important because, you know, just uh, the average human spends their life grappling with their identity. For sure. uh, Whichever way, like how much of me is me? How much of it is my lineage? My parents, Um, plenty of people, uh, you know, uh, um, created in the traditional way, don't know their parents and. So if there's an absent father or a mother somewhere, or, you know, an, an absent uh, family unit, then they spend their lives um, with a sense of mystery about, yeah. you know, how much of their tendencies and uh, capacities were based on these people that they kind of barely know. Um, then people who do know their parents, like me, um, kind of do the same thing. It's just like, it's all still a mystery. And we're like chipping away at it. I'm just like, oh, I'm starting to see. Oh my god! I was like leaving the bathroom with like a cup of black coffee in my hand the other day. You're like, like, oh my oh. god, that's my dad. <laughs> like that's dad. <laughs> <laughs> like, at least, you know, at least you know that's not mysterious anymore. You know, just, <laughs> so that, um, you know that's just like part of the human process. But for that to be dumped on your lap. As an adult mm-hmm. and we haven't um been able to fairly uh, assess it for yourself at the formative age mm-hmm. prepubescent adolescence anything like you know whenever you decide to like tell your child let's say adolescence even that is a little more acceptable or it's just like hey just so you know um here is um a very important part of your identity that you should know about you know yeah i'm uh,
2: sure that's why that psychological profile and that part of it is included now to, yeah. to try to help people recognize that this, this
0: is the healthy way to do this. This
2: is the healthy way to do this. Yeah. Please do not deny this information to the, your family.
0: Well, and at least they have enough years now, I think, to actually even have those statistics. Right. Because even probably in 2001, they probably didn't really have those stats yet. Right. Like the reaction right. of how children actually received that information and what was a healthy way to do it and what wasn't mm-hmm. was probably still relatively unstudied, I would imagine, mm-hmm. in 2001 you know, or even just like on the fringe of being studied. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And
1: that's, that's the, that's another element of, uh, that's another layer of sadness. This whole thing is there was a gestation period where you had to sit back to see this first wave of people created in a way um, of the age. And we're now we're seeing, um, the uh the stories and it come to fruition the, you know the psychological thing but you know they, they didn't have that back then in the 80s You for know? sure
2: all things like this you have to have a certain amount of retrospective time before you can say uh-oh unintended consequences
0: but mm-hmm. or to even measure the success at all of it right, right? yeah sure. it's really fascinating i, I have some kind of weird sense. i have a couple of weird questions
1: yeah, go for it. I'm sorry. No, we've been going down bunny trails. No,
0: we want all the bunny trails. That's how this. That's how this goes. Um, have you ever thought about contacting the sperm bank to like ask them information, like to see since, if
1: uh, since you invited me to do this, I have uh, begun to think about how that process is actually like plays out. Yeah. Um, I cannot. I would not be able to tell you the name of this place. <laughs> mm. um, but I feel it like. sound
2: like they didn't one- have a big sign on the door either. <laughs>
1: yeah. Secret exactly. code only. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a passcode on an unmarked door.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. You'll be fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was like, I could go uh, track the uh, little Debbie delivery route or something. <laughs> oh my God. Um, uh, so I feel like the uh genetic testing
0: 23andme uh
1: options right now are a place to start like 23andme yeah Um, i've been hearing that's sort of a stepping stone for a lot of people like wanting to start this process
0: definitely i mean i even did a i did a 23andme um i can tell you all about it if you ever want to learn but it was like literally so easy they sent you a kit and it was like saliva and mm-hmm. they told you to download an app on your phone, and literally, I get a notification from them probably once a week that it's like, you have new family members, and it's usually like a third cousin or a fourth cousin or mm-hmm. whatever else. But it's really interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. but my immediate family members popped right up, like yeah, mm-hmm. I have like a couple of uncles, a couple of first cousins, my half sister or my half brother Steve, his daughter, mm-hmm. um, popped right on oh. up. Like was very concerned? accurate.
1: Mm-hmm. So, um, somebody even mentioned that to me, like in passing. It was like, yeah, thinking about doing twenty-three and Me, and they're like, "Didn't you donate to a sperm bank once?" I was like, "Yeah." It's like, have you heard the stories about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know. Yeah, I guess I did kind of hear about that, but I'm okay with that. He kind of cool, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so- it makes me, I don't know, I'm like really, I don't know, I'm excited to hear about this experience that you have, if and when you do do that. Like, I think that that's, I don't know, I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, we'll yeah, save that for a part
2: two, when you're ready. I was
1: about to say, like, a the, the, the year from now, this could be a, a very thrilling second season. <laughs> of- <laughs> <laughs> it
0: really could be. Do you, I mean, have you thought about when you might pull that trigger? Like...
1: Well, I mean, this is definitely uh, given me some momentum, like a good starting point. So I'd say within the next couple months, um, yeah, got rent paid and everything. a you know, so. <laughs> we'll some money laying around. <laughs> if you need
2: moral support, let us know. We'll, yeah. we'll hold your hand. We'll, we'll, we'll just uh, be cheerleaders. I really appreciate
1: that. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. I could
2: understand <laughs> that being really mixed.
0: Yeah. I mean, for sure. There's just so much. You just don't know what you don't know is what it is right but I think being open to learning what you don't know I mean I think that's what it is at the end of the day right I agree I mean I don't know
2: well it sounds like you just have a very compassionate approach to it which I think is really
3: beautiful
1: oh well you know I um it's one of those things where if you were to live with regret um in this way um doing something that you know you you just didn't really consider much at the time it was very easy on me um it would be sort of discrediting any potential progenies existence basically it's like sure. maybe not existence but just like it would be disrespectful mm. to them it's like hey i've made this very like flippant decision um but And that sort of kind of leads me to another point about, like, the, uh, you know, the right to privacy and things like that, like, it usually is like a pretty casual um, paradigm that we go into it, just like the experience I was telling you about. So the disparity of um, psychological impact between the donor and the child is huge. Um, So not taking responsibility for that would be really like disingenuous and just like kind of a weird thing to do you know Mm -hmm. it's like this is at at the very most this is an inconvenience for you but this is this person's world this is their life you know um they like it's like are you seeking you know your identity it's like you can surely sympathize with this person you know for sure searching it's like at the very least on a human level You can empathize and understand or sympathize and understand like where they're coming from it's like I want to know about myself
0: right and I think at least giving them the option to make that decision themselves like giving them the tools in order to be like yes I do want to know where I came from let's do it or for them to be like you know what I don't want to do that for whatever Mm -hmm. reason like I think but allowing them to have the choice I think is Mm -hmm. the biggest part of that right
1: Yep, yep, exactly. And I don't know if, I don't know, people are weird. Maybe they have like some paranoid fantasy. It's like, these these, these kids are going to try and move in with me. It's <laughs> like, no, not that big of a thing. Like, it's usually just a conversation they, they want to have. You right. Know? It's like, talk to them for a minute, you know? It's like, yeah, they're not going to ask to borrow your car or anything, you know? <laughs> it's like, your life is not going to change that much. <laughs> right, for sure. For sure. So, well,
2: I think it sounds like you've done some great digging around all of those thoughts. Yeah. If, if you hadn't done it before, I wouldn't really know. I would. You sound as someone who's really pondered this. So whether or not you've done that quickly, you've done a great
0: job. Agreed.
1: Well, I really appreciate um, the, the opportunity to uh, be able to enter that headspace. So I appreciate you guys uh, giving me that. Um. Uh, that moment to slow down and reflect like i said before like sometimes we just need that little push mm-hmm. to uh, um really activate that latent uh thought process you know so mm-hmm. yeah. and then you know that's, that's my own like uh, proclivity toward guilt and everything i was just like well and i probably should have thought about this stuff like Fifteen years ago, at least you know, <laughs> at least in my late twenties, I was like It's <laughs> just like, good lord, it's a little late on this, but, um, but I, uh, I am very uh, happy with uh, sort of the um, sensibilities that just organically like sprouted up, you know, and you know, like now there's a small seed of excitement. I was like, I can start um, maybe a journey. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if it just I also thought about this. I was like, this is just like very anticlimactic. And they're like, oh no. They're, they're all dead. I was just like, oh crap. <laughs> it's like, Nobody? Nothing?
0: I'm pretty sure that's not the case, by the way. Right. I think anybody would want to have your sperm. Just yeah. saying.
1: It's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I... Uh... <laughs> Uh, my my biggest fear is that there's some uh really just douchey Celtics fan out there. <laughs> 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 <sighs> oh my gosh. That's I can't really funny. I
0: can't imagine that. I feel like any offspring you have would be just as interested in all the things that you love. I feel I like wouldn't be surprised if they we're all just like you.
1: Well, I want to know, you know? Yeah. And then I'll, I'll probably, pfft, God, I would probably take it into like weird hippie territory. It would, it would probably take me five minutes to be talking about like star signs and stuff like that. It's like, ah, <laughs>
3: you're a Libra, huh? that's crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, on track, <laughs>
3: that's what I'm interested
0: in. So.
2: <laughs> all right, Sean, any parting words before
0: we. We've taken up so much of your time today.
1: Oh no! I, I, my goodness! I, I feel like I have given you so much throwaway fatty material. You're gonna have to edit the crap out of this thing. Not
0: at all. This has been fantastic.
1: Yeah. You're letting me go on and on. No, uh, I'm just basically. I think. uh, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: No, I was just gonna say you've been so open and raw, and you've shared so much of your heart, and that's like. I don't know that's all we could ever ask for so
1: i guess the only uh the only thing i would say is um at the most fundamental level i think any decision to enter the reproductive act um, whether it's traditional or whatever like it does preclude like a certain sense of responsibility so I uh, I did not assume any responsibility for a very long time. Um, so anybody that would be interested in going down this path, um, I would just urge them to really um, sit down and explore that uh, emotional and psychological space before they make that decision and this and that. Like 50 bucks is not a lot of money. Um, <laughs> 100 bucks is not a lot of money, you know? It's like, there's, there's gotta be something more to it. So. You have, to, you have to make sure, like, in any kind of uh, uh, reproductive territory, like, to keep that sort of sacred element to it. Um, and I, this could be, like, further and further up the road. And there is, like, kind of a time of reckoning right now with all these, like, lawsuits and everything like that. But I would urge one of the... Uh, uh bigger changes that needs to be made at these banks to um make that a bigger part of the conversation Mm -hmm. or the uh the the future and the repercussions and Mm -hmm.
0: um like maybe sperm donors need to go through a psychological evaluation too right not just the recipients right Right.
1: exactly yeah um no one thousand (laughs) percent Absolutely, 1,000%. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, man, I meet people every day where, you know, after a 10 minute conversation at the bar, it's like, you should never give your sperm to <laughs> Yeah. It's like, it's like, I don't want more of you.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, unfortunately. Right.
2: Oh, Sean, that's been
0: great. Thank this you has been such an awesome conversation, you. and thank yeah, you, thank you so for sharing. Much. I'm
1: so excited about uh, the podcast and the uh, uh, the resort. I really want to um, ask you more about uh, the specifics behind the, um, the fertility resort.
0: I'll come see you at the bar sometime soon, I promise. Yeah, bar too.
1: yeah we'll both come. I'll get wasted. <laughs> yes
0: well we can definitely do that <laughs> all right have a great day sean awesome. Bye, have Sean. nice bye. to see you bye yeah. thank you the protected space podcast is hosted by aaron attaway and bryant liggett and is brought to you by the fertility resort to learn more about us head over to the fertilityresort.com and give us a follow on all social platforms at protected space pod